So then, 7.36 nearly, industry officials celebrated the fifth anniversary of the free trade agreement between South Korea and the US this month, a pact that had taken six years to negotiate. And the word celebrate is hardly a universal description of sentiment as the anniversary came around. American President Donald Trump famously called the deal a job killer. Let's bring in Tammy Overby, Senior Vice President for Asia at the US Chamber of Commerce based in Washington. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So you've been in the post since the Obama administration, which oversaw the ratification of this deal. It wasn't an easy process, as as we've hinted already. But what was your feeling with the FTA hitting this five-year mark? Well, I actually think that it's doing very well. Um, I have a bit longer perspective than most people. Um, I've been following U.S.-Korea trade relations for almost 30 years. And I remember the days before the Chorus FTA when every trade issue we faced with South Korea was very contentious. It um, became very ugly. It ended up on the front page of the media. Uh, and one of the things that the Chorus FTA has done has created these wonderful mechanisms for us to deal with natural trade tensions. We have a trade relate a two-way trade relationship over a hundred billion dollars. So of course there are going to be natural tensions, but Chorus gives us a workmanlike way to deal with these issues. So I actually think it's working fairly well. Has there been any significant change in sentiment actually within the chamber since the change of administration? Um, within the chamber, no. I, you know, we're made up of uh, American companies that are using the Chorus FTA, and I think when one speaks to companies that have operations in Korea and are utilizing the FTA, uh, for the most part, you will find uh, very positive comments. Trades up, particularly in agriculture sector, in in areas that are covered under the Chorus FTA. Um, but as I said, it, it's um, uh, it's not a perfect agreement. There are um, there have been some uh, some bumps along the way in a large trade relationship. That's normal. But there have been some areas, um, uh, new standards uh, that perhaps are Korea unique uh, that maybe did not match the um, the tone of the agreement. But um, the the mechanisms. Uh, uh, the the committee structure that was set up under course have allowed us to deal with those, and I think in a very effective way. You personally are quoted in the Wall Street Journal as saying Chorus is the highest standard trade agreement that the U.S. has in force, which, based on the decades' experience you've just outlined for us, is probably got a fair bit of credibility to it. But what makes it so special beyond what you've already described? Well, I think the um, both the South Korean government and the U.S. government were determined to uh, ensure that it had the highest standards. It was of the highest quality. Um, you know, one of the things that struck me when the agreement was finally completed, and as you say, it took a long time, and that was how frustrated both sides were at the end. And then it dawned on me that if both sides were unhappy, then it was probably a balanced agreement. No one walked out of that room feeling like they got everything. Uh, and as uh, you know, a, a, a trade watcher, um, uh, I realize that for agreements to work, uh, they, they need to be balanced. So I, I think both sides did a really good job at um, 
at finding that sweet spot, that balance um, that Korea was able to get what they needed, uh, but the U.S. companies got what we needed as well. The Trump administration, or at least uh, members of the government, feel otherwise and are reportedly preparing a new executive order to re-examine all 14 U.S. free trade agreements. Would you suggest or do you expect that the Korea one is going to be at the top of that list? Well, I don't think it's going to be at the top of the list, but it will definitely be on the list. But we need to remember that every new administration does trade policy reviews. Um, uh, people often forget that the first two years of the first Obama term, uh, the basic, basically the U.S. took a two-year time out on trade while they did their trade policy review. So this is not unexpected. Um, I think what makes this uh, review a little bit different is the uh, the focus that this new administration has on uh, on manufacturing on trade deficits uh, as a uh, a way of looking at trade agreements. Um, the business community and uh, mainstream uh, economists don't use uh, a deficit or a surplus as a way of determining whether or not a trade agreement's working. Uh, that really, we think, is based on economic principles. Shows it's based on a country's savings rate uh, and and other factors. But it's uh, very few trade agreements are in perfect uh, alignment as far as um, a deficit and surplus. So I think the way this administration's looking at them is a little bit different. Uh, and because they are looking at just the trade deficit side, they're not looking at services or military sales or things that are not covered in the trade in goods uh, side of the balance sheet. So it's just a different way of looking at it that we haven't seen before. Yeah, but th- there is a lot of pressure coming from the auto industry and, and, and other business leaders um, suggesting that they've been heavily disadvantaged by this pact, that they've not got anything like the market share in South Korea that they enjoy in other countries despite this FTA. Um, if it is renegotiated, do, do you expect it to be changed completely or or just little um, tweaks well, here and there? Um, I think the last issue of the... Um uh, the very long initial six-year negotiation was U.S. autos. Uh, so I, I am, uh, and I think if you talk to uh, General Motors Korea, you might hear uh, that they're quite satisfied with it, with the agreement. Uh, but it is true that this agreement does not have something in it that the U.S. auto industry very much wants, and that's called um, enforceable currency provisions. Um, and one of the reasons that, uh, to my knowledge, no trade agreement has enforceable currency provisions in it, because trade agreements are negotiated by trade ministers. Um, currency provisions are under the purview of finance ministers, or in the U.S.'s case, our, our Treasury Secretary. They're not usually at the table for those negotiations. Mm. Also, um, the U.S. government has never historically supported um, enforceable currency provisions in a trade agreement because Congress, uh, I, I have a hard time imagining Congress allowing another government to have that much uh, say, because it would have to be reciprocal, have that much say over U.S. fiscal policy. Um, so 
but I, I think the Trump administration is very focused on NAFTA, um, the the 23-year-old agreement. Um, Corus is only five years old, relatively speaking. Uh, it's a baby compared to NAFTA, so I think um, they will um, f- spend their initial focus on uh, on NAFTA. Uh, but I do think Korea, uh, the Corus agreement, will come up. Uh, we are prepared for that. Um, we believe overall it's a, a good agreement. Um, as I said, no agreement is perfect, but uh, I, I'm not aware of any agreement that has the high IP standards. Uh, it does have uh, some cross-border data flow language in it. Um, so, you know, again, uh, when you talk to trade analysts and trade experts in Washington, uh, they often comment, this is the highest standard agreement uh, that the U.S. has in force. Does the U.S. also have to be careful what it wishes for in a sense that we saw uh, liberal parties actually campaigning against this FTA previously and we could be set to see the administration go liberal from this May, depending on the outcome of the election here. That that surely is also a factor if it takes two to tango. Well, a- absolutely. Um, the Korean government and what, uh, you know, as you say, um, a negotiation, uh, you have two party, at least two parties, so... Uh, the U.S. won't be able to just determine what this is going to be. Uh, it will have to be um, a fair and balanced negotiation where the, the government and the people of Korea uh, feel that they are also getting uh, their needs met. So, you know, I, I think um, there's a lot been written and a lot said about about uh, FTAs and trade. And uh, frankly, especially during the election, we actually characterized it as a fact-free zone uh, when it came to trade, because uh, both leading candidates, uh, in our view, um, uh, had a lot of misstated uh, information about trade. Uh, but w- we believe that trade is um, its good for America, it's good for South Korea, it's good for the world, it lifts people out of poverty. Uh, it is true that um, it does displace some jobs. Uh, but I would argue that um, a bigger re- reason for that job displacement is because of technology advances, um, artificial intelligence, uh, productivity increases. And I actually believe that trade is part of the solution, that um, if we could do a better job helping those uh, 15% or so in the U.S. that are displaced by trade um, uh, and helping them train to, to new technologies and let those folks transition uh, to um, jobs where they would be more economically competitive, uh, we would be in a better position. Thank you so much, Tammy Overby from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, Washington. Great to have you on the line with us. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Well, critics say this is a, an FTA that has led to the U.S. trade deficit in goods with South Korea doubling. Uh, others, as we just heard the defence there from Tammy Overby, pointing out the services and military factors and, and various sides of this picture that need to be looked at as a whole, not to mention wider economic conditions, a slowdown around the world. Uh, What would your thoughts be on the FTA going forward, especially if you're in business and and are perhaps directly affected by it? Pound a sharp, 1013 for 51 per message.